0: This program is made possible by the friends and partners of Unspeakable Joy. Monday night I preached on death in the pot. Tuesday night I preached on death in the water. Last night I took a little rabbit trail and I preached on it's going to be okay. But tonight again I want to look at the life of Elisha in 2 Kings 6. And tonight I want to preach on dead in the water. But tonight in 2 Kings chapter number 6 and verse number 1. The Bible says, And the sons of the prophets said unto Elisha, Behold now, the place where we dwell with thee is too straight for us. Let us go, we pray thee, unto Jordan, and take thence every man a beam, and let us make us a place there, where we may dwell. And he answered, Go ye. And one said, Be content, I pray thee, and go with thy servants. And he answered, I will go. So he went with them, and they, they, when they were come to Jordan, they cut down wood. But as one was felling a beam, the axe had fell into the water. And he cried and said, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Now here's what's interesting to me about that phrase right there. He was more concerned about who he was going to offend rather than the fact that they weren't going to be able to get the job done. Now, I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. But I am saying we as human beings are a peculiar bunch. It is amazing the things we worry about. It is amazing to me the things that bother us. We are worried about offending people. And I believe we should according to the book of Romans. It ought not be our desire to offend anybody. The Bible tells us to live peaceably as much as we're able with all men. Brothers and sisters, but we get too concerned about who we offend at the expense of offending God and not getting the job done. So I want you to watch what it says in verse number 6. And the man of God said, Where fell it? And he showed him the place, and he cut down a stick, and cast it in thither, and the iron did swim. Now, brothers and sisters, I'm not going to preach long tonight. That's probably not true, but it makes everybody feel better whenever the preacher says they're not going to preach long tonight. Now, tonight I'm going to tell you a story about this man here in the book of 2 Kings 6. You're in the life of Elijah, and I mean things are going. Business has been picking up. In fact, the college of the prophets, the sons of the prophets, they've grown so much that they're going to have to expand their headquarters. Man, they've got so many people coming to the Bible college, and these men are learning about the things of God, and the power of God, and the goodness of God, and the grace of God, and the peace of God, and the mercy of God, and the word of God, and the Law of God, the way of God, the truth of God, the plan of God, and the purpose of God. Said so they've got to expand, and what a good problem it is to have. So they look at Elisha, and they say, Elisha, would it be okay, sir, if we go out and get us a bigger place because the place we're in is way too straight? That means it's tight, it's cramped, and we are not comfortable anymore in this. And they were not asking for something for their own comfort. you got to remember, when it says the place was too straight, it means we can't even bend over. We can't even turn aside. And whenever those men would pray, they would bow their heads to the ground, and what they were saying is, Sir, what's going on? Going on here has gotten too tight And it's messing up Our walk with God So they've got the right motive They've got the right mindset They've got the right idea. They say, now, Elisha, we don't want to go anywhere if you don't go with us. We don't want to build anything unless you tell us how to do it. That's the right mindset. They're supposed to be listening to their mentor and listening to the man of God, and they take them with them, and they, before they walk out to the forest, they pick up the axe, and as they take that axe over to the tree, the Bible says they're just a chopping them trees down. They're going one after another after another after another after another after another, and before they knew it, they take One swing back with that axe and they chop, but before they hit the tree, they feel a weight come off the end of that axe and they feel a looseness and a lightness in that axe stick, that axe handle. And when they hit the tree something was different this time. Something wasn't the same as it had been at other times. You know what it was? When he hit the base of that tree, it made a loud racket, but nothing happened. It made a big noise but there was no wood that went flying. They looked on the end of that axe handle and to his horror to his torment, to his absolute dismay he said you've got to be kidding me that thing that made me effective that thing that got the job done that thing that allowed me to cut down the tree it's no longer attached to what I'm holding anymore and he looked around and it wasn't on the ground and it wasn't in the field and it wasn't in the forest and he said that's got to mean it's only in one place it's gone to the bottom of the river it's gone down to the bottom of the water now here is what should have broken in his heart. The fact that he was no longer going to be able to cut down that tree. Man, can you imagine what he could have done? He could have kept on swinging that axe. He could have kept on swinging that handle. But every time that he hit that tree base, every time he hit the stump of that tree, every time he hit the trunk of that tree, it would have made a loud noise. But it would not have taken out any wood. It might have made some dents if he'd have hit hard enough But I promise you those trees would have stood standing for the rest of eternity. Because there was no power in that axe. And that man looks at Elisha. And he says, Elisha, we've got a big problem. He said, the axe head has gone. It's no longer attached anymore. And I don't know what to do. And Elisha said, well, where did it go? go. He said, it's down there, and the problem is, it's at the bottom of that raging river, and I can't find it. I don't know where it is. I don't know what to do about it. I don't have the ability to go after it. I don't have the ability to find it. I don't have the ability to make it get back to me and to reattach it. And Elisha said, I don't know what you're worried about. He said, what are we going to do, Elisha? He said, I'll tell you what we're going to do. He said, let's go get a tree, and the tree's going to have power. And when the tree gets gets taken out of its place and gets placed on top of that water on top of that raging river it's going to serve as a magnet and that iron is going to rise up from that water and the Bible says as soon as the tree hit the raging river the iron did swim now there's a whole lot in the white area of your Bible that the words don't cover I imagine when that axe head came back up I think they had them an old fashioned Holy Ghost baptism it cost a Nazarene snot slinging spell right there by the river honey that water was a rolling up over that axe head and I mean they got to shouting we've got our power back we've got our power back they said no 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 you've got the power in sight but the power is only going to do you good when it's reconnected back to that axe ladies and gentlemen that axe tonight it is a threefold picture there were three elements to every axe in the Old Testament every Every axe in history had three parts, and that serves as our lesson tonight for being dead in the water. Number one, the first part of that axe was the iron part. It's called the axe head. The axe head was the only piece of that. Uh, the only piece of that axe. That axe entire uh, uh, formula. That entire assembly. That had power, and it had sharpness, and it had authority. I promise you, if somebody shows up here tonight with a wood handle, we might look at them a little funny, but ain't nobody gonna be afraid of them. You know why? They ain't no power in that axe handle. They ain't no power in that wooden handle. Now, they may gum you to death with that axe handle, but they're not gonna do any real damage. But I promise you tonight, if Jack the Ripper walks into under this tabernacle, and he's got an axe head, a Attached to an axe handle I promise you from left to right Well not up here In this part of the woods He'd be shot dead before he got in But you know what I'm a saying He'd Before he even got in here They'd be running that way And they'd be running that way And they'd be running that way Do you know why? Because there is power in that axe hand. That axe head's got authority That axe head can get the job done That axe head is a picture of the power of God It is a picture of the Lord Jesus Christ, It is a picture of the authority of God. Ladies and gentlemen, do you know what gets the job done? It's the power of God. It's not in a song. It's in the power of God on that song. It's not in a preacher. It's in the power of God on that preacher. It's not in a church. It's in the power of God on that church. It's not in money. It's in the power of God on that money. It's not in our ability. It's in the power of God on that ability. I can tell some of you right now. Can remember back in a days gone by Whenever a preacher and a church Had the axe head attached to the axe handle And I mean son Every Sunday they'd come in And before you'd know it Somebody'd be yelling timber Because another sinner would fall in God's forest And somebody else would get right in God's economy It didn't take much singing For the axe head to start chopping away At their spiritual tree It didn't take many sermons To let that axe head start start knocking out the root and the bark and all the things that were standing between that person and the God of heaven. Ladies and gentlemen, it's not by might and it's not by power, but it is by the Spirit, saith the Lord of hosts. It may be 2023 and you may have a screen, may not have a screen. You may have this book and you may have that book. You may have this offering and you may have that offering, but you will not accomplish anything for eternal glory in heaven outside of the power of the most high God. You can have so many degrees that your wall looks like a doctor's office, but it has no power to accomplish eternal principles outside of the power of God. A power of God can take an old farmer and shake the devil out of him and put the Holy Ghost inside of him and change a nation. The power of God can take a wise man, make him feel like he doesn't Know anything And then take that wisdom And change a nation Ladies and gentlemen It's by the power of God Do you know why Our churches Are a whole bunch of noise Hitting a whole bunch of tree trunks But ain't nothing happening Ain't nobody falling Ain't nobody stumbling Ain't nobody getting right with God Do you know why We've lost the power of God We've polished up The axe handle And we've carved up The axe handle And we've golden embellished The axe handle And I mean It's got a silver band around it. Everything's pretty. Everything's nice. Everything's great. Everything's glorious. Everything is wonderful. But if there is no power of God in our services, we're sending our men to the seminary. And it is an amazing thing. When I went to Bible college, I went to one of these Bible colleges where the ties were so tight, their Adam's apple stuck out through the tie knot and they were so uptight, you didn't know whether they were a-coming or a-going. And they had the doctrines right and they had the principles right and they had this right and they had the briefcase right but it's an amazing thing of my class that graduated with me back in the early 2000s. do you realize right now there are very few of us that are pastoring and preaching the gospel that we spent four years training to do you know why because they tried to tell them that it could be taken care of in a book in an authority in having this degree having this this having this that it is not about any of that it's about a being in the presence of God, having the power of God on his life. Do you know what's wrong? We've lost the head. We don't have any sharpness about us anymore. Dr. Tom Walker is old school. I'm old fashioned. He's old school. That's a big difference. I'm old fashioned. He's old school. But both of us can remember the day when a man knew if he had God, he had all he needed. I can remember being 18 years old I'm telling you right now, I can remember Brother Tom, you were there at the Smoky Mountain Gospel Jubilee. I remember shouting for the first time in 2000, I believe it was in 2005, would have been my first year there. The big tsunami had just happened in Indonesia and on that Friday night they showed these videos and it, they had all this music with it and it talked about the hand of God and I mean, every, I mean they were shouting, they were standing up and shouting, they were sitting down and shouting they were, sit, they were running the aisles and Shouting and something hit me that night and it said, Stand up and shout. I said, I ain't standing up and shout. I'm 19 years old, I'm a hunting me a woman. I ain't getting up here and acting like no idiot. Holy Ghost said, Shout! And I didn't know what that was. I said, I ain't about to shout. I'll lift my hands up. He said, Shout! And something came over me. I can't explain it fully. I can't put a definition on it. I cannot give you a book, a, a, a title. I can't tell you. But all of a sudden, I felt something well up in me. And it started right about here. And like a tsunami, it spread out all over my body. I felt electricity from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet. And, honey, I'd never shouted before. I sounded like an Apache Indian. I went, ah, ka-ka-ka-ka. I didn't have any idea what I was doing. But here's what happened that night. Something got a hold of me in that building, and I've been dealing with it for however long I've been dealing with it, and no matter what I try to do, I can't shake it. Brothers and sisters, it's not in a preacher, it's in the power of God and the power of God's what makes us effective. Number two, the second part of any axe assembly is not just the axe head, but it's the axe handle. That's your ability. That's the gifting that God's given to you. Can I tell you something? We're all different. I mean, we're all, every one of us are different. Every one of us have a different ability. Do you know what I say about that? Praise the Lord. I don't care if they don't sing like you sing. I promise you they ain't one angel in heaven. That sounds like another angel in heaven. Oh, y'all like that one pretty good. Let me say that one one more time. So-and-so doesn't preach like so-and-so. Praise the Lord. I have got a line I've been using, and it's true. God never duplicates anything. Therefore, if you and somebody else are just alike, one of you is fake. Am I right about that? It's okay to learn from people. It's okay to have role models and mentors. I've got them. Man, I've got some men that I look at them and I say, God, let me have what they have. God, let me know what they know. Let me experience what they've experienced. But God, you've given me a different ability than you've given to anybody else. So Lord, make my handle what fits my hand. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're in here tonight, don't let the devil degrade you because you are not what some else is. Be you, be all of you, and be everything God's made you to be. Everybody is different. My wife, if I told her that she was going to have to stand up and testify, she would throw up. If I told my wife that we were going to make her give her testimony tonight, she would have to suck down an entire bottle of pills just to keep her nerves from jumping out of her skin. But there's some of you women Are better preachers than your pastor I'm going to tell you My mama's a better preacher Than most men preachers I know And she ain't even called Here's what I'm telling you I cannot get mad Or upset Because she's different Than I am Too much of our time Is spent trying to whittle away the axe handle of somebody else's ability to make it fit what we think fits us. Their life wasn't made for your hands. So stop trying to change people. But tonight, what we deal with too many times is we rely on our ability. We rely on our ability to sing to get the job done. Our ability to preach to get the job done. Our ability to make sermons to get the job done. Our ability to make money to get the job done. Our ability to be this and that. But here's what happens. Our ability. How many mothers are fantastic mothers? I mean godly, good mothers. And they do everything that they can do. And yet their children still go astray. And the devil racks your brain saying you didn't do enough. No brothers and sisters you're just like me. I can stand up and preach the greatest sermon with the greatest illustrations and the greatest points. But if there is no power from another world on it it's just a whole bunch of noise. You see somewhere along the way the powers come separated from our ability. Do you know how that happens? Because there's a third piece to every axe. It's called the wedge. You know what they would do? They would take a wooden stick, a handle, and they would take an iron axe head, and they would connect it at the top. They would slide that axe head over that handle and there'd be a little wiggle. There'd be a little looseness in it and they would take this wooden wedge and they would drive it down between the two things and then they would go and take that axe handle and that axe head and that, that wedge and they would dip it down in a bucket of water and they would leave that axe head soaking overnight and do you know what would happen to that wedge? The more ex- Suppose that wedge got to water Honey it would swell up Now here is the whole point of that The fact that 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 axe head Went a flying off of that handle Was not a problem with the handle And it wasn't a problem with the axe head It was a problem with that thing That connected the two That thing had seen That it had not been soaking in the water It had not taken time To keep the thing that brought them together Do you know what that wedge is a picture of? If the axe head's a picture Of the power of God and the handle is a picture of our ability, then that wedge is a picture of our walk with Jesus Christ and our daily living with Jesus Christ and our time in the Bible with Jesus Christ and our time on our knees with Jesus Christ. Ladies and gentlemen, the old-timers used to call it walking with God, having that quiet time with God, having that ear to hear what the Spirit says to the church, having that eye to see what God wants you to see now we have lost the language of the Bible we've lost the ability to understand the ways of the people that have gone before us it hasn't been passed down from generation to generation what did David say David said in the evening and at morning and at noontime will I lift my voice unto you what did the proverbs chapter 8 say he said those that seek me early they shall find me but yet how many preachers they know about the Bible they know About the God of the Bible But they don't have a relationship And a walk with the God of the Bible Can I ask you a question men When was the last time That God told you Something he wanted to change About you Not something he wanted you to preach to the church Something that wasn't right with You When was the last time On a Monday morning We just opened our Bibles fellas and just said, Lord, I am looking for a sermon. Talk to me. Speak, O Lord, for thy servant is listening. You see what's happened to so many preachers This thing of church Has become a profession Instead of us having a walk with God And that wedge has Come out, that relationship Has come out and now we can't Figure out why there is no power We can't figure out why there Is no authority, we've lost The power of God because our walk With God is not right, fellas Our marriages, she may stay With you because she is contractually Bound and she's made a vow before for God but there'll be no love there'll be no intimacy there'll be no closeness there'll be no real relationship it will be very formal it will be very uh, upfront, and there is nothing you don't know her heart and she doesn't know your heart that's what God desires from us not some ritual and some rule fest but he wants you to know that he is good and he is God and besides him there is none else but preachers we've stopped walking with God ask you a question. Preacher, when was the last time you said, God, I don't want a message and I don't want to write a book and I'm not looking to record a song. I just want to tell you that I love you. Ma'am, when was the last time you just had a quiet time with God? And look, you may have 45 kids running around your legs. It may be hard to get quiet and time. When was the last time you just stuck your earbuds in your ear and turned your Bible app on and let old Alexander Scorby just read that book to you? Brothers and sisters, we've lost the relationship and our walk with God. I love it when preachers say, God don't talk to His people anymore. My question is this, When did you stop listening? Brothers and sisters, listen to me. We've lost the power and the edge because we've lost the relationship. Now I'm going to skip this entire message because I'm done, I'm hot, I'm sweating, and I'm hungry. I'm going to get you to this last point. And I'm not telling you my message Because I might preach it in some of y'all's churches And I don't want your church I can't tell you, Brother David How many people come up to me Where we're on TV, this different areas And a lot of times our messages come on from 7 a.m. And they go all the way up to about 9.30 or 10 a.m. So it's always before church service And Brother Tom, you know what they'll say It'll always be some little old lady And she'll say, Brother Tyler I know you're walking with God And I know my preacher's walking with God Because every single Sunday You'll preach on the one verse in the Bible And when my preacher comes to church He preaches on that exact same verse And you've got this point And my preacher's got that same point And then you've got that second point And then he's got that second point I know y'all are hooked up To the same God in heaven I said no ma'am He is hooked up to channel 21 He is not hooked up to the God of heaven So I'm not telling y'all my outline Because y'all will going to go preach that And then I'm going to come in And there's going to be one little old lady say I'm tired of You stealing my preacher's sermons. No, ma'am. Your preacher stole other people's sermons. He didn't steal. I didn't steal his. Here's what I'm telling you. I'm going to get to this last point. Do you see that last verse there that I read in chapter 6? It said that when they cast the tree in, the iron. Did swim. I can't tell you how many commentaries I read, and the commentators all said this. They all said, I wonder what it was that was in the inner workings of that iron that made it swim. I wonder what thing happened in the internal mechanism that made that iron swim. Now, I may just be an old common sense thinker, but you know what I said when I read those commentators? I said, Who cares what made the iron swim? I wonder if they ever just looked and said, My goodness in heaven. The iron is a swimming. We finally got our power back. We finally got our, I don't care how it got up out of that water. I'm just glad it got up out of that water. Ladies and gentlemen, you and I can have that day when the power of God comes back in our life and the power of God comes back in our church and the power of God comes back in our family and the power of God comes back in our authority. And you may look around and somebody may say, how did you do that? How did you build that? How did you accomplish that? And you need to look at him and say, who cares how I did it? I'm just glad that he's back. I'm just glad he's come back to my church. I'm glad he's come back in my song. I'm glad he's come back in my message. Now can I show you all something that I saw yesterday studying this? That when the Bible says the iron did swim, every word in your Bible was put there for a reason. When you look up that phrase in the Hebrew concordance, did swim, It's in a Hebrew root. And that Hebrew root, it means to constantly be swimming. The fact that he didn't say, the iron swam. He said the iron did swim. It kept on swimming. Now, I got a wild imagination. But I want to teach you something if you'll let me. And this may help some of y'all that are battling with the assurance of your salvation. Do you know why that iron had to keep on swimming? Why couldn't it just float back up to the top and stay there? It had to keep on doing it. Do you know why? Because there were gravitational forces in that water trying to pull it back under. It had to daily, moment by moment overcome the gravity and the forces that were pulling against it and that water tried to roll over top of it but God because of that stick Because of that tree that got thrown in the situation, it gave that iron the ability to overcome what was pulling it down and the ability to overcome what was trying to roll it over. I wish I could tell you every morning when I wake up, I feel God in my heart, but that would be a lie. I wish I could tell you every time I open my Bible, I get a word from God, but that would be a lie. I wish I could tell you every time I pray that I feel the presence of God and I feel like I'm getting my prayers through but that would be a lie but through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ do you know what he's done in my life he's given me the ability to overcome the fear and overcome the anxiety I didn't say it wasn't there I said somehow and some way you persevere through it and you keep pushing through it you see the devil's got you convinced that because you're afraid and because you've got doubts you must not be right with God I flip it over on the other side and say the The very fact that you have doubts and the very fact you are battling and the very fact you are fighting is a good indication that the devil is trying to tear down what God has already built up and gone through the power of the cross of Jesus Christ has given us the ability, moment by moment, day by day, to overcome and get our power back. Fellas, I promise you, you set out to start really walking with God Somebody's going to die in your church. Somebody's going to call and want to talk to you on the phone. Same way it is when you set out to diet, every hot now sign is on every time you pass, every Krispy Kreme. There's always going to be something to try to tear you down. But through the power of the cross, you can look and say the iron, the edge, the power did swim but it only come as you walk with god